When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Before We Die on Purple Daily and Score North Thursday edition. As you guys know, new episodes coming in hot every Monday, Thursday. Guys, is there anything going on this week are we looking forward just kidding it's still packers week um we are just days away now from that season opener minnesota hosting the green bay packers it doesn't get any better than this i turned up the ac in honor uh well anthony carter thank you thrift store shopping we love it uh also the outside weather is not conducive to wearing sweatshirts and everything all my football gear is going to be on hiatus but uh yeah you guys are we ready we're getting closer and closer we've been ready all week but today's thursday and uh sunday coming up real close we're ready and and it feels like a different energy heading into this opener than a couple of the past openers the excitement level is up for sure and just the matchup that you have welcoming the packers to your home field in the first game of the kevin o'connell era We've already started to hear both sides snipping at each other through through the media. I love it. Zadarius Smith, his presence in this one, and he's talking yes. some crap about the Packers. So we're, I know we're going to get to that later on, but it's it's been a fun lead up to, to, to game day. Exactly. Gabe Henderson of Vikings Entertainment Network joining us in just a couple minutes to really dive in into the weeds. But you mentioned there's been some chirping going on in the media. You get to use the media to continue to stir that pot, which is going to introduce us to a new segment that we want to bring to you guys called They Said It. We're basically Thursdays. We're going to pull quotes from each opposing team, this week being the Packers, and kind of dive into how they've stirred the pot. We'll also pull some out-of-context quotes, uh, especially on Mondays, just to have a little fun, poke a little fun. Everyone always says something to the media. We like to run with it as reporters uh, and, again, create that conversation. So the first quote coming out of Green Bay that I saw, uh, their head coach, Matt LaFleur, saying, you're talking about a North Division rival, a team that has incredible talent. I just think it's one of the most hostile environments that we play in every year. So hopefully our Packer fans will show up in droves and support us. He also comes at the Vikings horn, you guys, obviously saying U.S. Bank Stadium. That horn is, quote, annoying uh, in a very hostile environment to play in at U.S. Bank Stadium. He's not wrong, right? It's you're, you got to make it difficult for opposition to come into uh, your home turf. It ain't annoying for us. It ain't annoying for the players. You know, I think it was a Caleb Evans that had written like that he'd heard the horn and he just loves it. You know, I, on the Viking side, it's it's the total opposite. I love that it annoys Lafleur, and I hope there's even more of it. I hope there's more horn blowing going on on Sunday. 
I mean, the Packers are two and four at U.S. Bank, right? So it's it's working. It's the noise is doing a little something. A Raj, we got to get to our boy Aaron Rodgers. He also had this to say. Now he didn't specifically come at the Vikings with this quote. He came at all of the NFC North, which I really love. He said, all other teams in the NFC North, it seems like every single year, I think their fan base and their teams feel like this is our year to win the North. Hasn't really been my case during my time for the most part. Classic A-Rod, you guys. Classic Aaron Rodgers. It is, it is classic Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers says a lot of dumb things uh, in the media <laughs> and otherwise. And this year, you know, like I, I understand overall because he's like, you know, we've won the division X amount of times over the last decade. I get it. But this year, there, I think there actually is reason to pick the Vikings to win the North. And we've seen that not just local media doing this, national media pe- pick, picking the Vikings to win the NFC uh, North with without Devontae Adams. And well, they're not going to have Lazard on Sunday either. We can talk about that a little bit later, but they don't have oh, yeah. Devontae Adams anymore. Rogers getting a year older. We'll see if their defense can hold up to what they've been the last couple of years. But I think that there's reasons to question the Packers. I mean, I've said it from day one. I think it's going, I mean, it'll definitely come down to Minnesota and Green Bay. And I still think Green Bay has the edge. You mentioned them not having Devonta Adams. And again, Gabe Henderson, Vikings Entertainment Network will help us dive into this. But Aaron Rodgers has played without Devonta Adams. He's done it seven times and they've won those seven games while he was out injured. Now you're right. My cyclone, Alan Lazard, also questionable for Sunday. We'll get to the Iowa-Iowa State rivalry game that's being played Saturday, Love by that you the way. Snuck that in, Jesse. You know, just sneaking it in there. Um, you know, and with Lazard's uncertainty for Sunday, you still have Randall Cobb, who Aaron Rodgers knows how to throw to. Sammy Watkins likely going to also be a guy. Yes, they're old. I mean, I know they're old when I still recognize those names from past fantasy football teams I've won with. Um, or you've got rookie Christian Watson. You've got Romeo Dubs. I don't know. I think – I don't think having – no receiving core is going to really hang up the Packers as much as we all like to believe. I, I love, I love that Jesse also threw in their past championships that she's won in fantasy <laughs> football for a humble brag. The one thing we can always say about Aaron Rodgers, he is a master motivator slash manipulator. He is going to say whatever it takes to fire himself up, to fire his teammates up. And Jesse, you've talked about this numerous times. I think the Vikings can win the division. I'm not willing to say that they're going to, because until you dethrone the Packers, I'm just going to automatically assume that Aaron Rodgers could have us three plus three of his friends as his receivers, and he'll throw people open. And until that's proven otherwise, I think you have to believe that the Packers will win the division doesn't mean you have to believe that the Packers will win on Sunday though. That's very true. I mean, do you think we see more of a run game from green Bay as a result of having a lack of receiver death? Do you think that that's something they turn to Matt LaFour's done it in the past? Is that something that they might try to utilize against Minnesota come Sunday? I think that's something to watch for, for sure. I mean, that you, where your strength with your skill positions now are, if you're the Packers, it's in the running back room, not in the wide receiver room. And, you know, we've seen over the years, Aaron Rodgers has ticked up the production of his receiving room. But again, Rodgers is getting pretty long in the tooth right now. And that receiving core isn't going to create any separation. Now we've seen Sammy Watkins. It's like every year for the last 10 years, it's like, oh, this is the Sammy Watkins breakout year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see that coming. Rand, Randall Cobb, he, Rodgers has familiarity with him, but if he's sort of the wide receiver one guy where you're going to put the most usage in him, I, I could see how the coaching staff could could decide to funnel some of that usage that typically would go to the wide receivers into Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. 
Well, let's dive even deeper. I'd like to now welcome Gabe Henderson of Vikings Entertainment Network. Let's talk Vikings. Forget the Packers and what they may or may not do, Gabe. Uh, first of all, are we Vikings getting the W come Sunday? We got to get the W. That's yeah. the that's the only way to go from here. But I, I do feel confident uh, going into this game. There's so much on the line. Um, it's Kevin O'Connell's first ever game as a head coach, and he has the opportunity uh, to do that against the Green Bay Packers. It's kind of it's kind of like the two for one, like. Rarely do you get the Green Bay Packers in your first ever uh, game in the NFL. So um, a lot on the line, and I think Kevin O'Connell has has the guys ready for Sunday. So I'm excited also. I love it. That's a good way to kick things off. Again, Gabe Henderson, Vikings Entertainment Network, thank you so much for joining us here ahead of the opener against Green Bay. I do want to ask, you started a new web show called Chopping It Up. First episode had Alexander Madsen, KG Osborne, uh, Harrison Phillips. Tell us how that show came to fruition and what the concept was behind it. Yeah, thank you for um, highlighting that. That is something that, honestly, um, my supervisor was like, hey, man, we just need some new content. And uh, I was inspired by a few podcasts. Um, I am athlete, uh, un- uninterrupted, um, the pivot. And I, and I was like, how do I mesh all of these things into one? And uh, we were able to, with the help of a few people, a lot of people we were able to, to figure this thing out. And I was like, hey, I just want to have this opportunity to, to open up the floor and just ask you guys one question. Where this one question goes is how the conversation to go. And the first question was, what does the barbershop mean to you? And conversations kind of just went from left to right and, it, you know, turned into laughs, turned into stories. And the barbershop is one of those places where you, you can just be yourself. And I, I know for me, just growing up in the barbershop or from North Carolina, well, my dad always cut my hair, but I used to go with him to the barbershop to get his hair cut. And I just love the energy there. So um, everyone has a barbershop story. Every, every person has a, a salon story. Every person has a story of like how they felt when they sat down in a barbershop chair or when they heard a certain conversation. So to be able to put that into something that we call content now for the Vikings, I'm excited to see how this thing continues to grow uh, as these guys continue to grow together. I would encourage people to check out that web show as well. I I watched the first episode. Harrison Phillips made an interesting comment in there about how every other interaction he has as a part of the Vikings, he has to be on. He has to be his best self and locked in, whether he's talking to management, talking to the coaches, even talking to fans and then, of course, on the field, but that, you know, in, in a barbershop or in a, in a less uh, in an atmosphere like that, that, that's a little bit more open, that he could be more open with, with his comments. And so I, I, you were getting you were getting them to talk and go in inter- interesting directions that you don't typically see from a media session. So, again, I, I would encourage people to check that out. Gabe, the, the question I had for you is and we've seen this over and over, including with some people that you have interviewed over the summer, there has been a ton of hype coming in on the Vikings. It is not just local media, it's national media. We saw over the past week, Michael Irvin and Kyle Brandt both picked Kirk Cousins as their MVP pick pick for this coming season. Do you think some of this hype that that the Vikings are getting from the national media is justified? Yeah, it, it is definitely justified. And I know a lot of people are, you know, ridiculing some of those guys, even Ian Rappaport for saying the Vikings are the door first to win the Super Bowl this year. But I do think a lot of that is justified when you look at the talent. Last year, we were eight and nine with, you know, a few, a few plays that literally came down to the wire. 14 out of our 17 games were decided by a score or less. We gave up 96 points in the last two minutes of the first half, which has never been done in NFL history. So you, you add some some Super Bowl experience with coaching. You add some some guys that that understand uh, 
the athletic training aspect a little bit better and understand the players a little bit more. And you put that all together with, hey, let's go, let's go do a cookout here. Let's go to the Minnesota Timberwolves game here. Let's go do some things that, that we can get to know each other. I think that puts you over that hump. I honestly believe that gets you at least 10 wins this year. And I know people are saying, well, this guy works for the Vikings. He's supposed to say 10 <laughs> wins. But honestly, I, I've been in the NFL for five years. This is my fifth year. I was in Washington for two years, my third year here with the Vikings. I, I've never seen the locker room as close as it is right now. Like these guys actually gel and actually enjoy being around each other. And I think just alone, that'll get you in the playoffs. But the fact that we have coaches that understand how to get you past that level once you get in, I'm excited. And I feel like a lot of people should be excited also. And I think that can't, that statement, I mean, again, I'll relate it to the NHL, having covered the NHL for seven years, the same exact cultural kind of repositioning happened with the Minnesota Wild. I had never been in the locker room where the guys were having fun and just genuinely just kind of, it was a very different vibe and not to say the old regime is terrible and bad and yada, yada, but it was just, it's different. And I do think that is such a testament to like success that really, really translates well into success. So I think that's something that yes, in the media, we continue to talk about. But it is so important. Like the closest yeah. teams tend to have success in the win column too. Yeah, and, and no team is going to go undefeated. So if you don't have that that kind of baseline level of trust of your brothers or friends beside you, then you, you're not going to win games. Like we're we're not going to be 17 and 0. I wish that was the case. <laughs> but at the same time, like when we when we lose our first game, who, who do you have to lean on? And these guys trust each other, and that's that. I feel like that's key going forward. I mean, look at the Rams last year. They lost every single game in November like that, that. That's a moment right there where they could have just given it all up and said, whatever, like we've lost every game. But the fact that you have your brothers and you trust that we're going to get on the same page, I think that's what you need, especially here in Minnesota going forward. Mm-hmm. Gabe, we've heard the thing about the energy is different. It was different in camp this summer than it's been in the past couple of years. And, and you're sort of alluding to that with your response there. Do you attribute all of that to j- just the swap out of regimes the, the O'Connell and, and Quasi against Spielman and Zimmer, or is there something else going on there? No, because I, I believe, I mean, these were a lot of the same guys that Spielman and Zimmer had. This is a lot of the same guys that Spielman and Zimmer drafted. So I wouldn't credit uh, this new regime to being that way. I would probably say uh, this new regime has been more intentional with getting to know these guys a little bit better. Once you, I mean, like all of us, like once we know somebody for eight to nine years, like the same, hey, how are you, isn't the same. <laughs> But once you meet somebody for the first time and it's like, hey, how are you? It's just like, oh, let, let me get to know this guy. So I believe there's just a deeper connection right now simply because it's so new. Uh, Zimmer, like, honestly, if you if you if Zimmer walked back to the facility today, all the guys would give him a hug and uh, be like, man, we miss you, blah, 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 blah. But they understand that Kevin O'Connell was the guy for the job right now. Mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connell, I mean, uh, Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, those guys, I believe, in, in my opinion, my personal opinion, they were they were really good for what they did. Uh, during their time here but I mean it's just the business of the game Um, and hopefully with that new business of the game that new change of scenery will get us over that hump let's dive back into Sunday's matchup with Green Bay Uh, you know again two teams that I could see it going either way for the NFC North I think Minnesota Green Bay ultimately going to be one of those two teams I would be shocked if it was anybody else and I know again we want the Vikings, but Green Bay is still Green Bay, right? Do you think that the Green Bay defense is going to live up to the hype? And do you think that Minnesota's offense, which is going to be, I think, one of the top in the league, led behind Justin Jefferson, do you think it's going to be able to overcome a strong defensive game from Green Bay? 
Yeah, uh, Green, I'm going to start off with Green Bay's defense. Green Bay's defense is good as advertised. Like mm-hmm. they, they have guys across the board from Clint, Kenny Clark to Devontae Campbell. Uh, I'm a huge uh, Quay Walker fan, the linebacker from Georgia. They just drafted this year. But I do think there are a lot of deficiencies on their defense that the Vikings can take advantage of. They did it last year with Clint Kubiak. Yeah. As far as I don't want to get two X's and O's. I watch a lot of film. <laughs> but there are a lot of ways that um, we can play action past those guys and run the ball outside to put more pressure on their linebackers to open up opportunities for the Irv Smith Juniors down the field that I would say the Green Bay Packers didn't really respect as much last year because we weren't as athletic with Tyler Conkley, even though he was a really good tight end. Um, I, I do think our offense is going to be a lot better. Uh, I, I was talking to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen yesterday uh, on the Audible. That comes out tomorrow. Yeah, I believe it comes out tomorrow. And I was just asking Justin, like, what makes this offense so much different? Like, why why does everybody say this offense is so different? And the first person he said is Irv Smith Jr. So the yeah. fact that this defense has to respect a tight end being shifty and athletic in the middle, that opens up opportunities for everybody. So Green Bay Packers defense is really good, but I, I don't think that that slows us down on Sunday and makes us say, okay, well, we got to be more mindful of this guy. And I think we're going to see a lot of touchdowns on Sunday. Sticking to Minnesota, sticking to Minnesota's offense, do you think that CJ Ham is another guy that really could excel and expand his ability within this new offense? Because he's a guy that I look at where this could be another really good thing for him amongst uh, everybody on the offense. Yeah, I think CJ, and I know we use this term a lot, Swiss Army knife, and that that is kind of subjective, but I, I do think CJ would, could be the Swiss Army knife for this Vikings offense. I'm saying when when if Irv Smith Jr. goes down or if there's something happens to us. Did you just a say when Irv Smith Jr. goes down? Come on. No, Steve. I said no, I said I said oh. did I say when or did I say I think if? you said when, but we'll say uh, it. Let me <laughs> let me let me knock on wood. Let me yeah. knock on wood. <laughs> like if, if Irv Smith Jr. goes down or if there is something that just unfortunately happens, I think CJ can be a plug and play type of guy that could still put pressure on the defense. We already know what he can do on special teams. He's the special teams captain. Uh just a a, a really uh, reliable player in that aspect, but I really do think this is a guy that can make plays on the offensive side of the ball, uh, similar to what he did against the Baltimore Ravens last year or the San Francisco 49ers. So I- I'm excited for CJ. Um, I don't think we will run the ball, do fullback dives as much as people think we will, but <laughs> I do I do think CJ will play a valuable role in this offense. Yeah. Gabe, I, w- I want to flip it back to defense, but talk about the Vikings defense over this offseason when the Vikings have been getting that hype. Invariably, people are talking about their offense and all, all the different pieces they have on offense. We know that offense is going to be good. But as you know, for, for the Vikings to become legitimate contenders, that defense, which finished like low 20s last year, is going to need to hop up probably to middle of the road in the NFL. From what you've seen at camp, do you think that there there should be optimism that the Vikings are going to take a significant step forward on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, um, first and foremost, it's it's hard to to be as bad as we were last year, right? Like <laughs> if we're being if we're being completely honest, um, and, and a lot of that was credited to injuries. Like we had so many guys injured early on that it's tough to rely on so many backups and then backup backups to keep that same level of play. So. The fact that we have a, a lot more depth this year and a lot of guys are saying that this defense is so simple that they can just be themselves and just rely on their teammates to be in their spots. I believe that the optimi- their level of optimism should raise significantly. I'm not going to say top 10 or top five, but I could definitely say in the middle of the pack and better from last year. And that's pretty much all you need this defense to do. Like 
don't give up many explosive plays one and then don't let teams score inside the two minutes to like the last two minutes of the half I, I you I mean I know it sounds simple but I feel like if you do that then I feel like we'll be in really good hands and Ed Donatel has done a, a phenomenal job getting these guys ready to go um I, I'm not going to give away too many secrets but Vikings fans are going to be excited by what they see by this defense on Sunday and, and so on and so forth. Um, injuries are a part of the game, but I feel like we have so much depth at so many different places behind our starters that no matter who's in, I think Vikings fans can rest assured that we can still get the job done. I was going to say, you have rookie cornerback Caleb Evans looking like he'll start on Sunday instead of Andrew Booth Jr. What does he bring that's different from Booth Jr.? Do you think that's something that they're trying out just for this Sunday, seeing how it goes? What do you make of that situation? So I think um, from the unofficial depth chart, I, as of right now, from I, I can't I, don't ask me what day of the week this is because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I think uh, Cameron Dantzler is going to be the starting cornerback outside of uh, uh, Patrick Peterson, and then when it goes to the backups, mm-hmm. it'll be Andrew Booth Jr. and a Caleb Evans. Mm-hmm. But you got what's his name, um, uh, Chandon Sullivan as a nickel cornerback right in the middle. So. Yeah. I believe Chandon Sullivan, Patrick Peterson, Cam Dance would be the starting cornerbacks. And then outside of that, that's when you start to see your Andrew Booth Juniors and the Caleb Evans of the world. I mean, there's, I mean, DBs, defensive backs, there's so many different rotations going in at different times. And I feel like all those guys will get uh, some good playing time this upcoming, I guess just this upcoming season. I won't even say this upcoming week, but this upcoming season. And go ahead, Thor. Well, I, I just wanted to, to rewind the clock about a week and a half or so. Quasi made so many moves during cut week and, and very dissimilar to what we have seen in recent years. He was doing the wheel and dealing thing. People were making jokes on Twitter about how it was the stock exchange, you know, for him and stuff <laughs> like that. Of all those different transactions he made between cutting guys, between the trades he did and everything like that, which one was singularly most surprising to you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, which one was most surprising to me? Wow. Um, I know a lot of people are saying Armand Watts. Um, clearly, Quasi had a different vision there. Um, Armand is is a really good player. Um, Jonathan Bullard. I guess we saw a lot of Quasi saw a lot of things in Jonathan Bullard there to be able to to step up in that absence. Um, we we signed Ross Blacklock. Quasi must have saw that and said, okay, this is a guy that can help fit there. Um, I, I would probably say Ar- Armand Watts. Um, he's a really good player. I'm sure. Quasi and him had a really good talk and so on and so forth. And there's a reason why he got picked up really soon. I think I picked up the next day, claimed off waivers the next day. So uh, that's, that's probably the one um, I'm excited to see what he, what he can do. I'm a, I, I, once you, when you're in the building, you kind of grow a relationship with these guys that, you know, kind of goes beyond football. So uh, it's, it's always tough seeing certain guys get cut and certain guys like, you know, go on the practice squad. So, um, I'm sure that was a tough one for Quasey also just to be able to like, man, like this is a guy I probably, I mean, he probably did have plenty of guys, but th- those days are always tough, but I would probably say Armand Watts. I love it. I mean, yeah, Ross Blacklock, I'm interested to see what happens, but Jonathan Bullard yeah. starting defensive end now in this new three, four defense. I mean, is, is it because you had mentioned the defense is so simple and that's why guys are really excited about what they can bring in. You, the bar is pretty low, as you had said already, Gabe. It's it's not <laughs> can't really get much lower than last year. But is that new three four defense just really going to favor Minnesota in the way that Quasi's uh, seen his new defense? Yeah, it'll it will allow our guys to be more multiple. So it, it will allow us to be more flexible on 
our front. So we can go three-man front or four-man front or bring in an extra player to play linebacker. Like there are so many different variations of 3-4 that allows the defense to uh, not be one-dimensional. And that's kind of the way the NFL is starting to trend. Like the 4-3 defense is starting to trend out. And I believe, I mean, while, while it's a huge you know, aspect of playing defense, you don't really see many really good defenses calling themselves a 4-3 defense. Like most defense start as a 3-4, but then you'll see 4-3. So I, I do think this defense is, is going to be more relaxed, but also be able to execute a little bit better because they understand that they're just not in one role all game. Gabe, the, Ed, Ed Ingram wins the starting job. You know, he had been fighting with Jesse Davis before. Then J- they trade Jesse Davis to Pittsburgh in one of those deals when Quasey was wheeling and dealing. The Vikings have swung and missed on some interior linemen in recent drafts. Wyatt Davis, Drew Samia, you know, just sort of go down the line. What makes Ed Ingram different from what you've seen and what you've been hearing at camp than, than some of those failure cases? Well, just for Ed Ingram, I just feel like he's – light years ahead of where he should be. Um, and, and I would give a lot of credit to just being on that 2019 LSU national championship squad that, I mean, we, we see all the guys that are from that team that are making, having success in the NFL, like Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. And the fact that Ed Ingram was able to block for those guys, I feel like his learning curve wasn't as high when he got to the NFL. He's a guy that just wanted to get in and play. He he moved. He actually moved from left guard to right guard. And while that doesn't sound like a big deal, it's like, well, you're just playing guard. Well, everything changes. But the fact that he was able to pick up pick up on it so fast and put in that work outside of practice to get him ready for this opportunity, uh, I'm excited for him. And I mean, he's just a, a tough, hard nosed guy. Like he he he's only going to go forward. That's all he knows is going forward and not being put on his rear end. So when you when you have the smarts with the toughness and you add the strength to that. I think that makes for a a huge, huge or very successful career going forward, starting with week one. Again, Gabe Henderson, Vikings Entertainment Network. Gabe, thanks so much for joining. One final question for you, and it's a question that can be a very polarizing topic for Minnesota Vikings fans, but we're going to go with it. What kind of Kirk Cousins are we going to see this year? I know nationally, we talked about it earlier in the episode that he's getting attention as potential MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you going to see a different Kirk, more a Kirk that everyone can kind of side behind, have confidence in a guy that you trust with the ball and into not panic and a Kirk that maybe performs well on Monday night football and big time games as well. Yeah, I just feel like this year for Kirk, it's just going to be a guy that doesn't overthink things. So when he sees something, he's just going to trust his natural instinct. And that's all Kevin O'Connell wants. When you ask Kevin O'Connell what type of quarterback succeeds in an offense like this, and you just look at the Matt Staffords of the world, a guy that isn't afraid to make a mistake, but also isn't afraid to put a team, put his team in the right uh, situation to be successful. And I feel like now that Kirk has more control of the offense and we're putting the pressure on Kirk to, Hey, you take control of the offense. You go out there. And if you see something, you change it. I feel like that'll make him just relax a little bit more. He he can trust the guys around him. He has uh, three years with Justin Jefferson. Now four or five years with Adam Thielen. Uh, same with just, I mean, same with that uh, Dalvin cook, all of, all of that trust helps Kirk just relax. And we know when Kirk is relaxed, I mean, he, in my opinion, he's the top three most accurate quarterback in the NFL. So I feel like the more you make him relax, the better off he'll be. And I believe this will be a year where he's able to just to be himself. 
I love it. Well, Gabe, again, thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to go check out Gabe's work at Vikings.com. Check out the new Chopping It Up uh, series. Thanks so much, Gabe. Best of luck the rest of the season. I'm sure we'll have you thank back you. on in uh, Skull Vikes on Sunday. Thanks, Gabe. Skull Vikes. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Again, Gabe, awesome talk. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a doozy. I mean, I think we see, uh, again, a really good game. It's going to come down to which offense is going to be more, more powerful. And again, I don't want to under you know, underestimate Aaron Rodgers and what he might be capable of doing. I do think Justin Jefferson wins the battle against a Packers defense. I'm guessing you're going to see Jair Alexander probably shadow him most of the time. Um, and I think it also behooves Minnesota that their offensive line in green Bay is still question mark. David Bakhtari, possible to play it sounds like he's been practicing this week how much of a difference do you think that will make if Bakhtari and Elgin El Elgin I'm gonna say that wrong Elton it's just Elton Why? Elton Jenkins it's a silent G it's a silent G That's the stupidest it's, thing it's, I've it's, ever it's heard it's a silent J yogging stupidest her thing I'm gonna yeah. talk about Rager later but uh Jenkins <laughs> both recovering nice. from knee injuries I mean how much um of a difference do you think those two playing on Sunday are going to make for the outcome of that game? Well, I, I, I think some of those health issues the Packers have are really big. You you mentioned those two. Um, I believe that uh, Lazard is out. Like I, 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 it I'm sounds not sure. very – their yeah. official is that he, he hasn't practiced all week, and Aaron Rodgers got tried to on, say – Yes, and yeah. they, they tried to downplay it and say he wouldn't need the practice. He'd be good to go on Sunday if his ankle's feeling okay. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine – that he does but crazier things have happened yeah i i don't think it's been announced yet but you read in between the lines and read the tea leaves it it would appear that there is an extreme a remote shot that alan lazard is playing so yeah between the offensive line potentially being a little bit compromised that'd be great especially going up against this viking front seven that's now reconstituted in in the three four like like gabe was talking about gabe didn't want to give away any of ed donatel's wrinkles um Mm -hmm. but i'm sure if the packers are less than at full strength on the offensive line you can expect a whole lot of blitzing out of out of that three four defense, where maybe the Packers aren't going to see where it's coming from and stuff like that. So I, I would expect the the pressure to go up for sure. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be interesting to see how that loss of Lazard manifests because obviously mm-hmm. Devontae Adams is gone. If 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 you're going with your top receivers, it's going to be Watkins and and Cobb, and then some combination of the two rookies, Dubes and 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 Christian Watson. The Packers wouldn't seem to be as well equipped to attack the Vikings, one of their biggest weaknesses, if not the biggest weakness in the secondary, those, those are kind of receivers that do not gain a lot of separation. So I, I think that that's very important for sure. Elton. Just Elton. Just, just, Elton. just Elton. Classic. Just Elton. That's going to be good. Please comment below on that hack that I made there. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, Marie and Joseph. We talked about Lazard, who is, of course, an Iowa State Cyclone. So before we end today's episode, it's the best rivalry week for me because we get Green Bay and Minnesota on Sunday, but Saturday we get Iowa, Iowa State. I'm an Iowa State grad. Thor over here is a Hawkeye. Boo, we hate it, whatever. Um, we're going to place a bet, Thor. Yeah. What's the bet? I think it's simple as loser has to wear a Cyclone or a Hawkeye jersey. Or oh, shirt, wow. Rather. Well, I, I mean, or, I like don't a know. shirt. If you think there's a cyclone, if any paraphernalia of the cyclones in this house, you are sadly mistaken. Yeah, so I, just I, go I on Amazon. You'll that. have to purchase it. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah. God. Yep. Maybe even I, two episodes. You have to wear it on a record. Um, uh, yeah, basically just public humiliation. At wow. I mean, I'd settle for a hat if you at least wore a hat that's visible. 
I mean, any of it, I would have to go out and purchase. Yeah, you, know, yeah, I, you have to. Yeah. yeah. I was going to suggest switching the Twitter picture. You got to go Iowa if they win. Uh, and I got to go Iowa State for a week. Yeah. Okay. What about All that? Right. Ross, what do you, you, you're the decider. You're the you referee. You know, you know, I don't know if this will be indicative of who wins the game, but I do like Thor's idea a bit better because yeah. I'm budget conscious. This saves everybody money and saves everybody hassle. All you yeah. have to do is update a picture. However, the team that loses. So let's say Iowa State beats but, Iowa. Yeah. Thor, when happen. you when you update your picture, you will have to do the obligatory tweet oh, yes. of New, yeah. "Wow, Iowa State football is so much better than Iowa; it's Agreed. not even close." Yep. Or Jesse, mm. something yeah. similar. That's yeah. I mean, bet. I'm not worried, so I'm yeah. That's that's in. I'm excited. That's the bet. Let's go state. Okay, I'm not. I'm not worried like, either. All right, so changing the profile. Okay, that well, is. Well, you have to do a complimentary treat, uh, tweet about the Hawkeyes when they win. So, if. If they win again, we're using those words wrong, guys. I we're using them wrong. It's if, not when. But uh, I'm excited again. Rivalry week, it's going to be great. Uh, Packers, Vikings, Sunday, three twenty-five. Don't miss it. You're listening to us here on Before We Die, Purple Daily, Score North episodes Mondays and Thursdays. Jesse Pierce, Thor Nystrom, Ross Brendel. As always, we end each episode with a Before We Die take. My Before We Die. <clears throat> excuse me. Before we die, take today is going to be before I die. Oh God, I had one and now I'm forgetting it. Before I die, um, you guys go first now. now I'll, I'll go. Mine's go pretty simple. Uh, before yeah. I die, I want the Vikings to beat the Packers in the opener in three days, <laughs> and I, I want it to be emphatic. I, I want it. I want a ten point or more win. So that's what I want. Like Before it. we die, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre will co-author a book on narcissism, <laughs> and it will be a New York Times number one bestseller. I like it. it. Those are good. Oh, that I remember what mine was going to be. So going back to the beginning of the episode when we introduced our new They Said It, there was a quote that we didn't quite get to that Thor found, which I loved, which is from Vikings special teams coordinator Matt Daniels on Jalen Rager. He's a very stout, cocky-built guy. Narrow, thick, strong legs, big glutes, really nice calves. I was salivating over this dude. Before I die, I am going to have somebody say that about me. That's all I want in my life. Like, just like, Thor, you said a cocky-built guy. I'm a cocky-built yeah. girl. Big glutes, nice calves. I want someone salivating over me. Uh, yeah, why not? That's probably easy. You know, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I After like I read that quote, I, I got to get back in the gym. So yeah. someone could call me <laughs> having a cocky build. That's quite the compliment. It's based off of the comments from YouTube. The masses are salivating over before we die. So you <laughs> wow. at least have that going for you too. We're working on it. We're working on it again. Don't forget. Do we have any other good comments, Ross, from YouTube since you bring that up? Uh, I did love this one from Adam Meyer. Kind of weird going from Judd and Mackie to these guys. <laughs> they generally keep things real. The dude with the beard is a certified homer. Wow. I try to keep it real. I that's mean, what I do over here, right? I'll keep you, but you have to have one. You have one of each. You got to have somebody that's like meh, and you got to have somebody that's like raw. So this one. Good. This one got me. This is classic Vikings fan comment right here from Rusty5217. Love my Vikings. Fan since 1975. 
but have zero expectations for this year. (laughs) That sounds like the guy going back to our state fair who had the Vikings tattoo yet doesn't believe them to be winning the Super Bowl anytime soon. So, you know, it's, it's out there. I get it. We're all, we're all ready to be hurt again. Hopefully that hurt does not come on Sunday at 325 against Green Bay. As I've always said, if they only win one game, it has to be that game against Green Bay. I, it's all I want. It's all I want. So thank you everybody for checking us out here before we die on purple daily and score North. Be sure to check out all of the new purple daily content coming to you every single day of the week. We love it. Giving you guys all the Vikings and purple talk every single day over on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Leave a comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you on Monday. Go Vikes. Score.